Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm Jessica. This week, as we start off the new year, I am re-releasing a conversation I had with Sonjoria Sidnor, and this was the first time we ever connected. We have since become friends, and we just have so much in common and connect on many levels. But this initial conversation really sticks with me because it came at a very heightened time in our society. This was very shortly after the murder of George Floyd and protests going on all around the world, all around the country. And Sanjori and I connected through my friend Lauren Chadoff, who connected with her on social media. And um, we saw her page, Black Kids Do Yoga. And I was really looking forward to speaking with her, connecting, and learning about her book, which was just about to come out at the time, called Our Families Doing Yoga, which has now been out for quite some time and is a fantastic kids' yoga children's book. But anyway, I just feel honored and privileged that she was open to having this conversation with me, not even knowing me. And looking back, it's just incredible to think that I have made so many lasting relationships and friendships through these conversations. So I just feel very grateful. So give it a listen. Even if you've heard this one before, I definitely recommend listening again. Sanjoria gives some really good advice on how we can speak to our children about race and is just overall generous and an amazing human being. Okay, enjoy. Jessica Mujis, and welcome to the show. This week, I am joined by a guest named Sanjaria Sidnor, and I'm so excited to share our chat. I did want to add a little disclaimer that we recorded this over the weekend since we've both got children, and you might hear some babies crying in the background <laughs> in my home, and that's just part of it. So, Hope you enjoy our conversation. It was extremely insightful and we connected on so many levels and I hope you learn a lot from our talk. Thanks for being here. This week I'm continuing my Kids Yoga Perspective series with Sonjaria Sidnor. Sonjaria is a certified yoga instructor and educator with over 15 years of experience in early childhood education. As a wife and mother of three, her yoga practice naturally grew into an activity for the entire family. In addition to teaching, Sonjaria is the author of Our Families Doing Yoga, the first of the Sidnerville book series. It is due to release this summer. She feels that the world could really use a book that shows black kids and their parents connecting and prioritizing their self-care with yoga as a tool. Sanjaria, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I know it 
took a lot for us. You having three children, I've got my two kids, but <laughs> we made it happen. We made it happen. And I'm just excited to connect. My friend Lauren, who owns Yogi Beans, connected us. And I've been looking at your videos on YouTube and your Instagram page. And I just have so much I want to ask you. So let's just start at the beginning. Um, when did yoga come into your life? And how did you start teaching yoga to kids? So I remember being introduced to yoga as early as maybe high school. And I took a few classes here and there, but my practice didn't become consistent until I started um, meditating. I was battling with postpartum depression and looking for a way to um, just ground and calm my body. And so that's when I became more interested in yoga and my practice became consistent. Um, I began teaching kids yoga because I have kids and they wanted to learn. There's no way to practice yoga at home without my kids being on my mat, on my back or something right. in some form. They're there. Right. And so they took an interest. And so I was like, oh, well, if you guys are interested in this, then let's further pursue it. And so it just started actually with me teaching them. And we started a um, Instagram and a Facebook page called Black Kids Do Yoga. And I originally started it just to share our journey. And what I noticed is that as I shared our journey, other families started asking me about teaching family yoga or teaching kids yoga. And so I began teaching in the park. And during this time, I was pursuing my certification, but not had, had I actually received it. So that just kind of grew. And this well, also Black kids doing yoga also grew because I started to show faces of other families and their black kids doing yoga. And so that brought awareness around the fact that, yes, black families and black kids do yoga. That's so important. And right now, especially in these times we're in, when everything's really coming to the surface for a lot of people who were unaware, um, I was just so thrilled to find your Instagram page and I was upset with myself for not finding it sooner, honestly. Um, but I really appreciate uh, the work you're doing, what you're putting out there. And you said, so people started becoming interested and it just kind of authentically grew. So what kind of classes are you teaching now? I mean, well, we're in a global pandemic now, so I'm sure it's shifted, but what does your kind of schedule look like now in terms of kids yoga? So currently, I am posting videos online. Um, we have a YouTube page that's very new. So I'll post a video here and there on that. I'm very new to the whole teaching online thing. There is another organization here in St. Louis that I actually received my certification from called Yoga Buzz. And so I've taught a couple of kids yoga and family yoga classes for Yoga Buzz online. But outside of that, I've mainly been focusing on um, working on the book and teaching my kids and getting them more involved in what we hope to grow. Right, absolutely. And 
you when you first started out, you said you started with meditation. So I just wanted to circle back quickly. I was interested in um, when did you start meditating and was that was kind of the doorway, I guess, as you said, to finding your yoga practice? Yes. So when I um, when I was dealing with the postpartum depression, which at the time I did not realize was postpartum depression. I just knew that my life was in chaos and I did not feel as if I was the person that I was typically um, outside before my second child. This was my second child that I was pregnant with. And so I started to research some things that maybe I could do to um, just connect with myself. And that's when I started to take an interest in meditation and I took some courses on meditation, and it was um, mainly that was the start of it. And that changed and evolved because then I realized how meditation is yoga and that um, asana is just a part of yoga. So then I started to practice asana, and that's when the kids got excited. <laughs> but even prior to that, my um, at the time, he was sick was always mimicking me. So I remember there was, a, there was a time when I woke up and it was a weekend. And so I had like this, we have a very tiny house. So in our hallway, there's like a, there's a closet. And I changed that closet so that I could use it as a, um, kind of like an altar. And I was there meditating. And my six-year-old at the time was in the bedroom, but he could see me. So when I was done, I glanced up and he's on the bed meditating. And I thought it was uh-huh. the cutest thing. But yes, they imitate everything. So yes, they got more, um, they, they enjoy the asana practice the most, but they also meditate as well. That is so sweet. I love that so much. And a lot of people, they ask how to share yoga with their kids. And I always tell them, just do yoga in your house. Yes. <laughs> They're gonna, yes. When you try, I find if I say, "Oh, let's do yoga," it doesn't happen. But if you're <laughs> like you said, they mimic you. So it's so cute. That is so funny um, that you said if you ask them, they don't want. Yeah. My daughter the other day was like, "I don't like yoga." This is my four year old. She's like, "I don't like yoga." I was like, "You don't?" I thought you said that these were your favorite poses and this. And she's like, "Oh, yeah, I like that." <laughs> we talk Four. about this often. That this age is so funny. funny. Yes, <laughs> but she's like, "No, I don't like when you tell me to do it. I have right. to decide." <laughs> right. <laughs> now, when you were talking about your postpartum depression, which I think is another important topic, it brings me to how I saw that you also co-founded a breastfeeding organization that focuses on support for black women. So I just wanted to touch on that briefly and was wondering uh, when you started it and why you started it. Okay. So the name of the organization is called I Am Breastfeeding. And pretty much most things that I pursue in my life start from a passion of mine and something that I identify with as a need. And so what we noticed is that in St. Louis, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of support for black breastfeeding moms. 
And so we were, we came together, there were five of us, and the St. Louis Breastfeeding Coalition, and we came together to tackle the need um, for support for professionals and peers that look like us. And that's kind of how it's grown. Um, Pre-COVID-19, we offered weekly walk-in lactation support, we offered a monthly breastfeeding group, and we offered prenatal postpartum yoga and a diaper and hygiene pantry. Currently, we continue to run our diaper and hygiene pantry, and we're working on a safety plan to start up our classes, our in-person classes again. But we also continue to offer any type of support over the phone or um, virtually if possible. That's so great. I feel like we're kindred spirits in a lot of ways. A lot of when I was reading about you, I was like, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I just want to ask you about everything. But um, that's just we'll so. We definitely so, have to chat more. <laughs> yeah, we're going to chat more. This yeah. is the beginning. Okay. But I want since there's so much I want to ask you, I'm going to move on to your book. I know that's coming out soon. In just a few weeks, I know you're showing the cover, I think. So can you tell us a little bit about your children's book? So the name of the book is Our Families Doing Yoga. And the concept started because during the time when I saw that my children became interested in yoga, we love books. So whenever we take an interest in anything, we try to find a book on it. And so we started searching for a book that showed black kids and also family yoga. So when we Googled the book Family Yoga, there was nothing in the form of a children's book. So then we started to just look for a kid's book about yoga. And there are several awesome books out there. And there's books with people of color. But what we noticed is that we could not definitely tell without a doubt if this character was a black character or not. There were a lot of brown skin characters, but we weren't sure. And what we wanted to do was find a book and what that identified that we identified with. And so I joked, let's just write our own. And so we thought, you know, we'll we'll just do a makeshift plan. And so when my son got so excited about it, I realized that this didn't have to just be um, something that we pasted together, and we could actually write a book about family yoga with black characters. And so it's been in the making for a couple of years. Um, the manuscript was written maybe two years ago, and it's just been a journey of getting it together. I had my third child in the midst of it all, and so been a little postponed, but it's due to release this summer. We are, we are revealing our cover on International Day of Yoga, so I'm super excited about that. I'm so excited to share the beautiful illustrations and I'm just thinking that if we were a family that were looking for a book like this then there's probably others as well a hundred percent yeah I love that that you said this doesn't exist why not why don't we try to make it yes <laughs> and how are you going about are you self-publishing and what about um the illustrations are are you doing them or did you find someone else to do the illustrations so i am self-publishing and i am a very creative person but in no way am i an artist so i <laughs> am going through a 
company actually that was referred to me from a friend who um, self-published a few years ago, and it's called it's actually called DG Publishing, and it's a self-publishing company run by a wife and a husband. They and they just recently had a baby, and they're a black company as well. So if anyone's looking to support and thinking about self-publishing. I have found that this has been the most smooth process thus far for me, and I know it is because of this company. They are genuinely terrific. <laughs> so I did want to put that out there. What is the name again? DG Self-Publishing. They're amazing. They have handled my editing. They handled my um, illustrations. They're going to do the layout for the book, and they're going, like, from start to finish, whatever you need, they handle it. Even if you needed some marketing, they, they handle that. They're awesome. They have a lot of experience because the wife, Shamira Hill, actually um, self-published as well. Got it. Okay, that's such a great resource to know about. I did see also your... Is it your son that made those illustrations I saw on your Instagram account? No. Of the kids doing yoga? No, we actually um, bought those illustrations. They got yeah. it. Okay. They're they're great. I I love them. We I just wanted to have some illustrations around our house <laughs> that showed right, black kids right. doing yoga, and so yeah, I sought out a um or a company to do that, and she she was great as well. Well. In the time we're in, I always like to talk about what's happening. And recently, it's been a global pandemic, which you would mm -hmm. think would be the worst thing, but it's not. And we're in such a emotional, horrible time. And I think a lot of people listening probably don't know exactly how to talk about race with their children. Um, speaking as a white woman, I have that privilege where I didn't need to start that conversation. I sh actually, I did need to, but I didn't. And I, I'm sorry about that. Um, and I didn't start it soon enough. I know in black families, that's not a choice. You have to have these conversations. Um, so I was wondering if you'd be willing to share a bit about how just in your family, how you talk about race with your own children. Yes. Um, it's funny that you say that um, in black families, you have to talk about it and that's true I actually posted recently on social media about black families begin talking about race as early as birth and typically it starts with positive affirmations I mean I remember my son being born and um, me saying your your skin is so beautiful I love your brown skin and that's usually how those conversations come. We're always talking about how beautiful your brown skin is, how beautiful your curly hair is. And, you know, because it's not always common. And when you see things on media, that is not, they don't, the natural, that the natural hair of a black person is just recently being celebrated. And, um, and state and black people come in all different states and funny story is that because I am a darker complexion of um, our black race I would I prepared myself that 
when I have a daughter, I will make sure that she knows how beautiful her brown skin is. And I had brown Barbies everywhere and I was so excited. And then when we had a daughter, she came out a little lighter than I expected. And then I realized that the conversation still needed to be continued because we come in so many different states. So my daughter is, she's four, and she is more of a spirited child. Um, so I have like five minutes to engage her into a conversation, a topic that interests her, or she's done. So when we were sharing about what is happening currently in current events regarding George Floyd, I related that to her by explaining to her that there was a man who recently died and he had a daughter. And so we talked more about his daughter and I showed her a picture of the daughter with her uncle. And I explained that the reason why she's with her uncle is because her daddy died. And I explained the situation with the shooting and she was so sweet. Because she said, oh, mommy, I hope she sees her daddy in her dreams. And it just, like, really just melted my heart. Because my son has always been just ask questions about topics and things. But, like I said, with my daughter, she's just, like, in and out. And so she wanted to talk more about it. And I was like, you, do you want to finish watching Lion King? And she's like, can we talk more about George? And so we talked more about what happened. And... We talked about how um, she thinks that she said it was just like, well, you know that that police officer was supposed to safely get him to jail and he did not do that. And so she totally gets it. And if we just talk to them and just let them lead the conversation, just let them ask the questions that they want to ask and answer it. And that's typically how we handle conversations in our home. And so with my second child, I'm noticing it works with her as well. She, her questions may be different. They may not be as, um, she might not want the type of information that her brother wants to know, but she's still interested and she still has her own set of questions. And so I try not to lead the conversation. I try to let them lead it and just answer the questions um, based off of what our family believes. That is so parallel to what we talked about earlier about how you introduce children to yoga because we are saying if we say let's do yoga now they don't want to and they're going to resist it right. but if you're practicing yourself they might want to join so it sounds to me like you have the door open they know you talk about these things all the time and that you leave it up to them and when they bring it up that's kind of the the window for you to talk more that makes a lot of sense. Right. Now your son is older and you mentioned, um, so he asked different kind of questions. Did you talk to him about this differently since he is eight years old? Is that right? He's eight? Yes, he's eight. And so he actually, um, when he was three, that's when we had the Ferguson shooting occur. Um, and so we live very close to that. So he's been, um, We've been having conversations for a very, very long time. And so um, he, he listens to the news with me. He, um, he watches. We watch, um, watch the news together. 
he listens to podcasts with me. So if I'm like doing something, he's always like right over my shoulder. So his questions may be different. And sometimes he doesn't even have a lot of questions because he's, he's really on point. He's a very mature, very educated child. I, I always, you know, you always think you have a smart kid, but you kind of are like, okay, but aren't all kids like this intelligent? He's, he's definitely a different child. And I've, I've learned that about him. So things that interest him um, may not interest the typical eight-year-old. So I'm kind of wondering, like our conversation was, I think it was just based off we watched what was happening. And I'll be like on Facebook and maybe I'll see like a post that shows what's going on and I'll show it to him. And kind of like just having a conversation with a, a teenager, honestly, like, look, this happened today. And then what I do with him, because he is my child that has a little more anxiety about things, is I'll say, if there's anything that bothers you about what we just talked about or that what you just saw, let me know. Ask me questions and we can talk about it. And so at this time, there hasn't been any. But typically, he'll say, that really like scared me when I saw this. And then we'll talk more about like why you were scared and how we can, what we can do to change that so that it won't be a fear for you. And so that's typically how we handle questions with him because he does, my, my daughter is, she's, she's fearless and my son is more cautious. So our conversations, I know as they age will totally be different. And then I have the, the one year old coming along. So then maybe there'll be another set of ways to, but it's always just um, engaging that child. Every child is different. And so, yes, even though he's a little older, my approach with him is different because his temperament is different. Yes, it's so important to also see the child in front of you because you might think they're a certain age and there's a lot of things being posted now, like how to talk to this age and this age, but you know mm-hmm. your children best. So yeah, like you're saying, your son sounds really intelligent and he's able to take in maybe more or in a different way than maybe a typical eight-year-old. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you too about since the pandemic started and we've been in this insane situation of, you know, being quarantined, what have you been doing to take care of yourself when you're home with three children, your husband, has there been anything that you've been able to do to, for your own self-care? I will have to say, I think being a parent, even being a yoga instructor, (laughs) um, I think pranayama has saved my life Mm -hmm. because I can't always make it to the mat and feel like that's my place. Like there's, there's chaos all around me. So just reminding myself to breathe when I am, um, stressed about something or frustrated. My daughter, um, I told her the other day, I had to go for a drive. And she said, Mom, did you remember to breathe? And I said, <laughs> you know, I actually forgot until I got to my destination and I sat in the car and I took some deep breaths. And so my destination was my mom's house. <laughs> so we happened to be at my mom's house a few days later. And she recalled, she was like, Mom, do you remember when you were at Mommy's house and you sat outside and you took some deep breath that made you feel better. And I said, yes. And she went on to say, I um, 
when I'm frustrated and I'm mad, sometimes I can't take deep breaths because my heart is beating so fast. And I say, yeah, but remember we talked about how when your heart is beating so fast, if you take some deep breaths, it'll help your heart calm down. And so that just made me so happy because, yes, it's all about what we practice and what they see. And so even though I haven't been able to make it to my mat to take care of myself, I have remembered to intentionally breathe. And that's very hard, (laughs) but it helps. (laughs) Isn't that the best when you think they maybe weren't listening or aren't learning it and then they say something like that? Wow, she she heard me. And she not only that, she understood and was able to explain it back to you. I know it's the total mom, one, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> we need those moments because there's so many hard ones. We do. <laughs> and I always like to ask our guests for a little piece of wisdom or a little kids yoga gem. So I wanted to ask you if people listening are new to kids yoga and just your kind of golden rule of what you would offer as advice for those interested in kids yoga. So that question has been coming up a lot. Like, how do I teach my kids yoga? And I think you and I have talked about it. Like, it's as simple as do yoga. Let them see you do yoga. And they'll do yoga. And then just remember to make it fun. It's um, try not to make it a chore. Um, I found in the beginning when I um, approached yoga with them and I tried to get them on the mat at those times that I thought were key, like, oh, we'll just get on the mat just before bedtime or early in the morning when we wake up. They were not interested at all. But when I was on my mat, they joined in. So if I wanted it to be like just before bedtime, then I need to do yoga just before bed. And those things, um, making it to games, like there are some traditional games that you just play that you could just put a yoga twist on. And that's how we learned before I even was certified. I just was making up games and adding yoga to it. So my um, key advice would be just make it fun and let them see that you enjoy it. That's it. That's it summarized right there. And it sounds like <laughs> that was very intuitive to you, you know, not doing a training, but just kind of figuring it out with your own children. Yes. Yes. Now, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or your book? Oh, great. That's a great question. So I have an Instagram page, and it is at Sidnorville Book. That's S-Y-D-N-O-R-B-I-L-L-B-O-O-K-S. You can find me there, and you can find me on Facebook at Sidnorville Book. I also admin the at Black Kids do yoga, Facebook, and Instagram page. So you can find me at either. But if you're looking for um, more information around the book, definitely check out at Sid Norfield Book on Instagram or at Facebook. And I'm releasing this shortly before um, International Yoga Day, and I know you have a little event going on. So did you just want to share a little bit about that? Yes. So I am super excited because we are finally about to reveal the cover illustration of our book. So it's been so hard to keep this under wraps, but I didn't want to just like share, share, share until we were there. And so our book will be published um, 
soon, and it will be released sometime this summer. Um, follow us at Sid Norville Books so that you can keep up with the pre-sale dates and the um, actual release date. But this, not this Sunday, because um, <laughs> so Sunday, June 21st, is International Yoga Day, and it's Father's Day. So we are doing a mini family yoga session to just before we reveal the cover of our book. So I'll have my kids um, join me in a part of the session, and then um, I'll finish up and we'll reveal the cover of our book. So I'm excited to have people join us with that, and I'm also excited about you just getting to see what this, I think it's been like two or three year journey has been, and finally it's coming um, into place, and I think that families are really going to be able to relate to this book, and even the cover illustration is just cute, because it's just a family doing yoga together. I can't wait to see that, and can anyone join in for that event? So if you follow us, you'll in my there's a link in my bio, if you follow on Instagram, and you can click the link, and there's a live stream that it'll take you to... Um, to sign up for the event, and then there's a live stream that you'll get an email for. And same thing if you're on Facebook, then if you follow me at Sid Norville Books, you'll see the actual invite, and you can just click on it and um, join us. So, yeah, and so that's St. Louis Yoga Week. So even if you don't live in St. Louis, there's going to be yoga online all week long. So that's super exciting as well. So definitely check out St. Louis Yoga Week and see what they'll be offering this week. Thank you so much. Yeah, I started following them, um, and they have some great teachers, it looks like, all different kinds of classes being offered. So check that out, everyone. Thank you so much, Sanjaria, for being here and for having this conversation. And maybe once the book is out, we could uh, talk again. You can come back on. That would be great, Jessica. Thank you again for having me. This has been a pleasure. All right, we'll talk soon. Namaste. Namaste. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would so appreciate your support. You can simply rate and review. You can subscribe. Click that subscribe button and you will hear a new podcast every Thursday right on your feed. You can also email me, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. And give me a follow on social media, the Kids Yoga Podcast, on both Instagram and Facebook. All of these things really help support the podcast and get it out there so that I can continue to make more. And there are my children that need me. (laughs) Namaste, everybody.